Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. John and Ken Show, John Cobell and Ken Shampo, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we always like to hear from you. If you want to email or you want to call the voice line, that number is 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Coming up this hour, there's finally some degree of justice for a woman by the name of Kate Steinley, who was shot to death on a pier in San Francisco in 2015 by an illegal alien with a gun. And the only reason she's getting justice is he was acquitted of her murder, but uh, they did nab him on federal gun charges because, what do you know, illegal aliens are not allowed to possess guns. So we'll bring you the update on the story and the outrage because I had forgotten this part about uh, how San Francisco prosecutors specifically got him back, only not to charge him and to release him. And there he was on the streets because he apparently was just a homeless guy wandering around. He got his hands on a gun and went off. That's coming up later on this hour. Eric Garcetti is still not the ambassador to India. He was nominated in July. Still hasn't had a vote from the full Senate. I had mixed feelings about that. And now you have uh, the Senator uh, Charles Grassley, the Republican from Iowa, who's the uh, top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, saying he's putting a personal hold on Garcetti's confirmation because he's got a lot of witnesses who claim that Garcetti ignored sexual harassment in his office, uh, specifically Rick Jacobs, who I'm sure you've heard about. An LAPD officer started this story claiming that He, the officer, was Garcetti's bodyguard for years, and that Garcetti watched Jacobs harass him physically and sexually uh, for quite a while. Others have come forward and said, yeah, that was happening to me too. And others have said that Garcetti knows about it. Um, One woman in particular is Naomi Seligman. She was a spokeshole for Garcetti, and uh, she sent a 31-page letter, actually, a nonprofit law firm that's representing her sent the letter to the Department of Justice, the California Attorney General's office, even George Gascon, accusing Garcetti of lying and conspiring to cover up the sexual harassment against Jacobs. And uh, we're now going to talk with John Ty, and he's with that uh, legal group representing Naomi Seligman. 
Whistleblower Aid is the name of the group. He's the founder and chief disclosure officer. And we'll get him on the line here. John, how are you? Great. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Wonderful. Great. Glad to be here. What do you know about these witnesses who are talking to Senator Grassley's staff about Garcetti? Uh, I know a lot about them. I've spoken to most of them myself. Uh, They were all either harassed by Rick Jacobs personally or saw him harass other people over many years in many contexts, many cities in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., uh, in Europe uh, for the the Olympic bid, uh, pretty much everywhere uh, the mayor was. Um, Rick Jacobs was there grabbing somebody uh, inappropriately, kissing them on the mouth without their consent, something like that, uh, in an elevator in the U.S. Capitol building. Uh, Garcetti had to intervene when Rick Jacobs, uh, there's no polite way to say this, uh, started dry humping a woman in the corner of the elevator uh, who who worked um, for the mayor. Um, And and somebody's going to testify that they, somebody's going to testify that they saw Garcetti in the elevator do that. That's what you're saying. It's already happened. They testified under oath. Uh, as part of the Garza lawsuit that you mentioned, uh, this person was deposed. Uh, And they said, yeah, he he started rubbing up against her in the elevator. Uh, She asked him to stop. The mayor had to intervene and say, Rick, cut it up. Now, was was Garcetti... That was in in 2017. That was in 2017 before the mayor lied twice under oath in 2021, once in his deposition in California, once in front of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee uh, in December. Was he confronted with that during his deposition in the civil case? Did they say, we have a witness that claims that you intervened when this guy was doing this to this woman in the elevator, when Jacobs was doing it? It's interesting. Uh, He wasn't asked about it in the deposition. He was asked about it uh, later, and his office issued a a statement, I believe, to the L.A. Times saying uh, he didn't happen to remember that incident, but that uh, if it had happened, um, intervening to stop, it sounds like something he might have done, he would have done. Uh, that's, that a like political, a, that's a real political. That's a real politician's answer. answer. That's great. <laughs> right, but if yeah. if it happened, he would, that. He, he would have uh, tried to stop. He would have it. been the right, right, done the right thing to stop. But since it, he, but doesn't, he doesn't yeah. remember it happening, which is why Jacobs was uh, never let go until this whole story went public. And he didn't inhale. Remember, he said he was holding his breath. <laughs> right. Oh um, yes, yeah. that's right. The mask. How, problem. how many people uh, have a story of either witnessing it, being a victim? or knowing that Garcetti was aware? I personally talked to over 10 people, men and women, uh, from before Garcetti even met Rick Jacobs, going back to when uh, Jacobs was at the Courage campaign on on Proposition 8 back in, like, what what year was that? 2009, 2010, something like that. Uh, So so even before then, through the initial campaign, uh, when Jacobs was the main fundraiser, the main PAC, to Jacobs three and a half years as deputy chief of staff, to when Jacobs was so toxic that the mayor finally had to move him out into external positions. He ran all of the the fundraising and the the ballot initiatives and the Olympics campaign and everything else. Uh, And during all that whole period on all the trips in the mayor's limousine, in the mayor's suite in City Hall, inside the mayor's office, Edward Jacobs' 60th birthday party, every place inside the what, White House. What was this, fact, was this going these, on? Wait, the, was this going on every day? <laughs> yeah, every day, multiple people a day. Every LAPD officer in charge of 
protecting the mayor. I, I love me my LIPD. My name is Rick. You can call me Dick. Uh, you know, it, it goes on and on. Um, the one person has testified under oath. Uh, okay, the, the the White House Social Secretary, Jeremy Bernard, was uh, worked on a daily basis with the President and First Lady, uh, President Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and for years ran the White House Social Calendar, a very senior position, special assistant to the President of the United States. He's testified under oath and given statements to the newspaper that uh, Garcetti three times, they, they were friends, Garcetti three times told him, laughing, I can't believe the city hasn't been sued over Rick Jenkins yet. And one of those times is in the White House, January 2017, the last party in the White House before uh, before the end of the Obama administration with all the celebrities and everything, Garcetti's in there laughing about how Rick Jacobs got away with it and they, they, they escaped scot-free. Well, not quite, because the U.S. Senate, <laughs> against the odds at the last minute, is finally doing its job to vet this candidate. Um, Grassley is a hero uh, who's actually been a friend to whistleblowers for many years, his entire career. He leads the Whistleblower Caucus in the U.S. Congress, and he's in all kinds of federal agencies and everywhere. Grassley has played a leadership role. He's intervened to, to basically put a hold on this nomination, and I don't think this is going to come back from the dead, this nomination. I, we, we've been talking to at least a dozen Senate offices, staff, senior staff, the, the chief of staff, the legislative director, the floor director, the state directors, for Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, and not a single one has said, we're going to vote for, for Garcetti. Uh, some of them, Democrats and Republicans, have said he's not qualified. Even even without this, he's not qualified. He has no foreign policy experience. But um, I've even had, you know, I, I, last week we had Democratic staffers tell us, I can't see this nomination going forward. The White House will have to withdraw it. So, I you know, Can I you hold on, John? Hold on. I think we may be looking at the end of Garcetti's political career. All right. Can you hold on? John Ty is with us with Whistleblower Aid. That's the organization that represents a woman by the name of Naomi Seligman, who used to be the spokeswoman for Mayor Garcetti, and she's the one that used this organization to get to the United States Senate, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, particularly a senator by the name of Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, to put a hold on Garcetti's nomination to be ambassador to India because it's pretty clear that he ignored sexual harassment in his office, that he either witnessed it, knew about it, and then, of course, he testified both to the Senate committee and in a civil matter concerning his former aide, Rick Jacobs, that uh, he lied, it appears. More coming up. I could talk about the end of Garcetti's career all day. I know. This is fascinating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. Uh, John and Ken, KFI... <laughs> John and Ken Show, John Cobell, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, we continue with John Ty, whistleblower's aide. Uh, he represents a woman by the name of Naomi Seligman, who used to be the spokeswoman for Mayor Eric Garcetti. And she's decided that she took her case to the U.S. Senate. There apparently are a number of people that are willing to testify that they either saw Garcetti witness a sexual harassment by his former aide, Rick Jacobs, or that he certainly knew about it, even joking at one point that I don't know how we didn't get sued yet. And they did get sued. There was a civil deposition in which Garcetti again 
denied witnessing or having any knowledge of this sex harassment. He also said this to a Senate committee, which did vote to send along his nomination to the full Senate. But Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, has put a hold on that nomination. He wants his staff to investigate these whistleblower claims further. So we're going to talk with John Ty again, a founder and a chief disclosure officer uh, for this uh, group called Whistleblower Aid, who had filed this 31-page complaint on behalf of Garcetti's former spokeswoman, Naomi Seligman, who uh, witnessed uh, plenty herself. Uh, John, I, I you know, it, it's hard to put yourself in the mind of Eric Garcetti. What's fascinating about this is he's seeing this with his own eyes every day, right? And it certainly was a huge public issue in those years, right? It was, it was during the Weinstein era. Uh, and and well, he knows... There's so, many, there's so many ironies here, which is that in response to the Weinstein reporting and indictments, he signed some uh, you know, anti-harassment and anonymous whistleblowing policies, I think in 2017, and then immediately proceeded to break his own policies. Uh, and his chief of staff was trying to identify the, the, when the first complaints came in, there's sworn testimony from the, the communications director, the chief of staff, Ana Guerrero, was saying, you know, let's figure out who these people are and, and punish them for, for but, but, bringing but, these complaints forward. What, what, what I was getting to also is he has he had big ambitions. He wanted to be president. He, he wanted to be in, in Biden's cabinet. I'm sure he would run for Senate or governor if, if uh, the timing was, was right. I mean, he wanted to be a big deal in American he politics. He saw yeah. how many careers got destroyed, uh, not the corporate executives, all these media anchors, and, and destroyed not only just for participating in that kind of sexual harassment, for, but knowing about it and not disciplining. I've read about a number of corporate executives who were kicked out because they allowed all kinds of nonsense to go on. And it didn't occur to him just out of self-preservation to cut ties with Jacobs five years ago? Look, I can't explain all this either myself. I mean, it's like a Greek tragedy type thing, uh, hubris. Uh, is finally catching up with him. Um, and just this feeling, I guess, that he was invulnerable and everyone worked for him. I mean, I, you know, I think it was just entitlement and arrogance. Um, I don't you know. Not, I, not, I, not to mention it's just gross my... to see. It's gross to see some, you know, a big bald guy constantly forcing his mouth on men and women in front of you every day and making everybody uncomfortable and, and repulsed. I mean, why would you why would you want to experience that as often as Garcetti did? Uh, I would like to know the answer to that myself. Um, I'm not sure we ever will get an answer because so far the mayor has uh, not said one truthful thing about this whole situation. And, you know, uh, we'll see if that ever changes. Well, I have two things. First of all, he did get cleared by the Senate committee. And because this is a top Republican senator, aren't they just going to claim that this is nothing but politics? And my second question is, can he be criminally charged for this perjury? He, okay, well, the, the the second question is, yes, he could be criminally charged. I mean, that, that would take a lot of work. It would take a, a prosecutor who wanted to do the very difficult legwork of pulling together witnesses and building a case. Um, it's possible. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult. So I, I wouldn't say it's likely. Um, but, it's, you know, in a, if there were justice in the world, it would happen. Um, uh, but, but going back to the first thing, this is very far from politics. 
Um, the witness, my client, has been a lifelong Democrat who uh, worked on Capitol Hill for Democrats and worked in the Garcetti administration for Democrats and has worked for Democrats her whole life. Um, you know, other witnesses who confirm this thing all work for Garcetti. They're all Democrats. Uh, Jeremy Bernard, who um, was the White House Social Security, you know, secretary who, who's testified about Garcetti laughing about Jacob's behavior and can't believe he didn't get sued, was the social secretary to the, you know, President Obama, a Democrat. So the witnesses here and most of the victims are Democrats. And so um, this isn't this isn't some kind of partisan thing. Uh, you know, and in fact, um, while Grassley is, you know, has always been a leader on whistleblower issues uh, and, and is very properly stepped up here, um, we've heard very similar things from the the, the many, you know, at, the, at this point, seven or eight or more Democratic offices, you know, Senate offices we've spoken to. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is becoming a bipartisan thing. Well, John, Ty, always good to talk to you and uh, your organization. Yeah, last, last thing for your listeners. Oh, yeah. Number one, uh, if, you, if you're hearing this and you're seeing misconduct in the government, at your workplace, at a company, come find us, whistleblerer.org. Um, we will help you for free, just like we did Naomi and, and a whole bunch of other people. You can read about our work. And we're a charity. We depend on donations. So uh, go, go to whistleblerer.org to support what we're doing. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on again. John Ty with Thank Whistleblower you. Aid, representing a woman named Naomi Seligman, who used to be Garcetti's spokeshole, and she's the one that got this organization to send a long letter detailing the claims of many witnesses that Garcetti certainly knew about and even witnessed some of the sex harassment by his former top aide, a man by the name of Rick Jacobs. Now, this hold on Garcetti's nomination means he cannot be confirmed through what they call the unanimous consent agreement. They can force a roll call vote, but apparently this process eats up valuable Senate floor time. Well, last we heard, the White House was standing behind their nomination of Garcetti, but it's possible. And you heard our guest, John Ty, think he thinks that this is not going to happen for Garcetti. Garcetti will have to quietly withdraw. <laughs> probably. Or maybe loudly. They'll, they'll pull him out uh, kicking and screaming. Probably like Friday night at about uh, 1130 at night. Wow. The end of Eric Garcetti. There might be another think tank for him somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, somebody, some idiot. He can use the Stooge Hall of Fame there at USC with Schwarzenegger and Villar. That's <laughs> The three Stooges. Oh, he's a first ballot nominee to the Stooge <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's yeah, we're for really sure. pining for the days of Tony Villar. We look wow. at the city now. Wow. And you look around, you wonder why it's that way. We've had six, 17 years of Villaraigosa and Garcetti. This is on the public. These are a few of my favorite things. John and yeah. Ken. We'll see. John and Ken Show. John Cobell, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, the Russians have sanctioned Hillary Clinton. <laughs> we'll bring you that detail. They picked out some individual Americans to be personally sanctioned. Uh, this is revenge for our sanctions. You ever taken a personal sanction? That that hurts. That hurts. Oof. Speaking of sanctions, no, Sanctuary. Wow, this story has come back around on the John and Ken show. It was back in 2015 when an illegal alien in San Francisco, apparently a homeless illegal alien, Jose Inez Garcia Zarate, apparently got his hands on a gun at the pier, Pier 14 in San Francisco. Uh, he claims it was kind of an accidental thing. He found it wrapped in a towel at the pier. He's playing with it. It goes off. And the bullet 
hits a woman by the name of Kate Steinley in the back as she's walking with her father. She died. This man, this is an unbelievable story that we're going to have to recap because it's been seven years. Oh, I, you, you, he had you, been deported to his native Mexico five times, returned every time, served 46 months in prison for illegal reentry. But the last time, rather than deporting him again, they sent him back to San Francisco. Immigration did to face an old marijuana charge. Well, San Francisco didn't care. It quickly released him, and there he was wandering around the pier area to get his hands on a gun. Uh, by the way, the gun belonged to a U.S. park ranger who left it loaded, unlocked, in a backpack under the seat of his car. Uh, Zarate denied intentionally shooting it, said it went off accidentally. He was acquitted of her murder. They did convict him, though, of being a felon in possession of a gun. A state appeals court overturned that conviction. Wow. Said that a jury should be allowed to decide whether he had only momentarily possession of the weapon. Federal courts, however, rejected a damage suit by Steinle's parents, saying they were not responsible for the death. Federal prosecutors ended up filing charges of illegal firearms possession by a felon and an illegal alien. That brings us around to today, where a judge has finally decided that Garcetti Zarate is mentally competent to enter a plea. Therefore, he's back in the court system and the plea is guilty. He's going to go to prison. Now, he's been in prison these seven years anyway, so he'll probably get time served here. Maximum term, 10 years, plus three years of supervised release on each of the two charges. He can request credit for time served, and he faces another deportation. But the real sin here was that he should have been uh, deported again, and they didn't. Um, no, they turned him over to, uh, I think at the time it was uh, Gascon's office in San Francisco. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, he'd been deported Which five times that he had a marijuana possession charge he, and just said, eh, he ended up, later. he ended up in prison and rather than deporting him again, immigration officials sent him to San Francisco. And that turned out to be, I think it was a ruse. Maybe San Francisco had promised to throw him in jail over the pot charge, but right. the city prosecutors, they, they fooled the feds, I guess. Yeah. And released him instead so he could wander around and get this gun. And I, I it should have been a murder charge because he pulled the trigger and she died of the bullet. So I, I don't understand any other interpretation of what happened. And I don't understand the jury that let him go the first time. I think because he was a homeless guy and some believe mentally ill, they just I gave him a pass. Who cares? No pass. When you pull a trigger and a woman dies, there's no pass. I this this though is a turning point in my mind because I remember there was just no outrage at all from all the woke progressives in San Francisco. The politicians there. Yeah. I remember a Fox News host or reporter chasing a San Francisco County supervisor down the hall to ask about Kate Steinley. And this woman waddled very quickly away at a camera range yeah. and she wasn't going to discuss this. They, 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 nobody was going to take responsibility that Kate Steinle died because of San Francisco's stupid, woke sanctuary policy. Uh, they weren't going to uh, even acknowledge it. They didn't care. When I realized that this waddling woman didn't care that Kate Steinle died, I said, okay, this is a sick cult. And they have no regard for human life. And they don't care what their blessed illegal aliens do. Doesn't then, matter what happens. I mean, this was two issues at once. It was illegal immigration and the lack of deportation. And then it was also homeless. 
I believe he was a homeless man, too. It was like two things came together, Be- kept this guy on the streets, get his hands on a gun. Because somehow in the woke orthodoxy, whatever religion classes these people go to, it wasn't always this way, but just, you know, in the recent years, and, and, and 2015 was when I, I noticed it, uh, I, they decided that even if illegal aliens murder people, it doesn't matter. That their, their sanctified status of being a legal, illegal alien gave them special protection against being charged, against being deported, against even being uh, denounced and vilified in any way. Well, yeah, because they're the ultimate underdogs. And they had a hard life. They come here to find a new life. They get a pass. And I think it was when uh, when, when Trump uh, started his campaign the same summer, 2015. Yeah, this talk, he made a big deal talking, out of this story. Uh, very bluntly about illegal aliens that all the progressives decided that they were going to oppose any any legal action against any illegal alien for any reason, including murdering a young woman. Yeah, they uh, they had such an opposition to anything Trump said that, yeah. you're right, they would take the complete opposite stand and hold firm on it. Nothing that Trump wanted, There's, they just felt has to be the opposite. They're sick people. These, it's these common sense out the window. These woke San Francisco progressives are very sick, and they're inhumane. Well, right. some justice for the family, although I guess with time served. It's good to find out he's been in, in uh, prison all these years. Yeah, I guess they just found that he wasn't mentally competent to face the gun charge, but that was enough to hold him because he was acquitted of her murder. It's kind of weird. Uh, all right, we got more coming up. John and Ken. John and Ken Show. John Cobell and Ken Shampoo, KFI, AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, the Moist Line is on its way back in three days. one 877 moist 86 one 664 7886 State Senator Melissa Melendez will join us at 5.05. Yesterday, the big story is that the State Assembly overwhelmingly said no to stopping for a period of time the gas tax you pay for a gallon of gas, the 51 cents California excise tax. Uh, today... They also gave a big thumbs down in a committee to ending the pandemic emergency that Gavin Newsom imposed over two years ago. Melissa Melendez finally got it into a committee hearing. Man, I don't think it was short. I think they, it was short-lived. They will never release control. This was the great gift to these uh, woke progressives. They want to control your lives. They found this emergency declaration provision in law, and now they're not giving it up. I mean, right, so. there's, there's 70, 70 emergency declarations that Newsom has kept in effect. 70 of them. Can you think of 70 things that we need his control over? Well, some he's letting expire, but I think there'll but still be 30 or 40 he could, June. Yeah, but he could have ended them all now, today. Yeah, I, A week ago. Um, get a list of you know, and understand them. Three months ago? Uh, so we'll do <laughs> We'll talk to Melissa after 5 o'clock. We'll give you some uh, updates on the Russia invasion of Ukraine. Uh, We were just talking about an illegal immigrant who at the San Francisco Pier in 2015 fired off a gun that killed a woman by the name of Kate Steinle. The case is back in the news because he is going to get some prison time for having the gun. He was acquitted of her murder. But the feds went after him for possession of a gun because he's an illegal immigrant. And I guess he was a felon, too, for being deported like five times. 
Um, the number of illegal immigrants nabbed at the southern border rose in February. Story that's just not covered anymore. You have to find these stories in places like the Washington Times and nope. other outlets. Woke journalists not interested. No. Uh, single adult Mexicans poured into the country at their highest rate in years. All told, Customs and Border Protection tallied 165,000 encounters with unauthorized migrants last month. That was up 7% compared to January. So this has not died down. I mean, there was a big furor last year. Remember all the Haitians that were under the bridge in Texas? That they was, got some media coverage for a couple of weeks. That was the last time that uh, the networks covered it. Right. They don't cover this anymore. No. No, only it's Fox does. It's business as usual. O- only, only Fox does uh, regular reports. Right. And it's the same report. Every time. It's just thousands of illegal aliens coming over the border and nobody's stopping them. This time, of those nabbed, 71,000 were Mexican. That's more than up more than 40% compared to just a couple of months ago. So maybe it's not so much Central Americans and other countries coming here. It's a lot of yeah, good old Mexican people that I, want to get to the U.S. again. I heard a report there was 8,600 Russians that they oh. encountered. <laughs> that makes sense. What do you think's going on there? Well, no, they're trying to escape Putin. No, you yeah. think they're all eighty six hundred? Ah, well, maybe not all eighty six hundred. I can't. They're all good people. They're all good people, right? Interesting. No. Half half full and half empty. We just did. <laughs> You're half empty. They're all huh? terrorists. I'm oh. half full. They're trying to escape Putin. I'm almost entirely empty at all times. You are a half they're, empty guy. There, half full would be uh, uh, the greatest day ever. I never get to half full. Well, I, I look at humanity and I just, it's, it's, it's nearly empty. Why don't I just top this off by saying, I hope they're good people because you like hope. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's live on hope. Hope really gets you places. Uh, the majority of people though caught at the border were quickly expelled under the pandemic health emergency order that the Trump administration implemented, which the Biden administration has kept largely in place, although I think they tried to get rid of it. Uh, they nabbed about 25,000 parents and their children traveling as families. Other yardsticks included huge heroin seizures, spiking 173% in February. Cocaine seizures were up 83%. It- Meth seizures rose 97%. Yeah. And then America's and, appetite for drugs. Well, and then you see all the human debris on the streets of LA. Those are all heroin and meth addicts. So it's pouring over the border. I mean, what, what the uh, Border Patrol called. Intercepted is a is a small fraction. Most of it gets here, and then uh, what do you got in the streets? Death, dying, gasping, heroin, and meth addicts, homeless people. Yeah. So I, I, it's it's weird that nobody in government wants to do anything to stop that process, slow uh, it down, in the slight. They really don't care. That's why I never, ever, ever want to hear about if we could just save one life. When they're saying that, it means they want to control you in some way because they don't apply that particular metric to anything else. Listen to this. Before President Biden, the country has now marked its 12th, under President Biden, its 12th straight month of encounters at the border, exceeding Mm -hmm. 150,000. Before Biden, it had been 15 years since the U.S. last recorded even a single month with more than 150,000 Border Patrol apprehensions. His presidency, his policies are the most disastrous I've ever seen in the last... Oh, the border's overrun. Kid. Inflation's overrun. I, absolutely. He's weak when it comes to foreign powers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the way he bugged out of Afghanistan, 
have probably had a lot to do with Putin invading Ukraine. Because but you talk to this crowd that hated Trump, they don't care. You're exaggerating. Well, it doesn't matter what they think. The facts are the facts. You know, there, there, there's people who believe in QAnon, too. I'm not, not interested in what people believe. I know what's true. What's true is that is the most disastrous border policy ever in the history of the United States. Most disastrous economic policy with this 10% inflation now. Right. I mean, that, that's not debatable unequivocal he's he but you know it's it should have been expected he was a bumbling loser and then he sold his soul to the to the progressive a-holes <laughs> did uh, you hear uh, apparently he hinted the other day about running again i know it's well, oh, now it's 2020 he can't but he says that if trump runs that would be much more incentive for him well he said something about if my health holds up if this was today i'd run but i don't know what i'll not, be like in two years it's not i i know what he's going to be like in two years I know you said that two years ago when he won. And, he and look at him, right? Look at him. You thought he'd be carried out in the first year. You said that. He okay. survived a year now. Okay, he survived a year. He's alive. I'll grant you he's alive, but he's not functioning. All right, coming up next, State Senator Melissa Melendez. She finally got a committee hearing on her resolution to end the California state of emergency due to the pandemic. It's been more than 700 days it failed in committee. She's on next. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has news. KFI AM 640. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumbacca. Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Owen oh, Two Door Cinema Club.